0: You would expect some level of gratitude from Drake's management and record label. Instead, he was given the cold shoulder. As Drake's career continued to soar, so did Jazz Prince's bitter feuds and lawsuits. Jazz Prince's life was largely shaped by his father, James Prince, or Jay Prince. Jay Prince himself grew up in humble beginnings, but was a businessman and involved in extracurricular activity throughout Houston and was determined to become successful and break the cycle of poverty that existed in his family. He began as a used car salesman and even sold cars to famous athletes in the region. Jay Prince famously said, I grew up where poverty was a serious burden on my family, and that had a major part in my mind developing. I wanted to break that poverty curse that existed. 1987 was the year that his son Jazz was born and also the year he started Rap-A-Lot Records. In the late 80s, Southern hip-hop didn't exist within the mainstream, and rappers existed either on the West Coast or the East Coast. So Rappelaw Records became the early pioneers of Southern hip-hop and its gradual place as the Third Coast. The Ghetto Boys was Rappelaw Records' biggest artist and would carry the flag for the South and Houston hip-hop in its early days. Scarface, who was a member of the Ghetto Boys, would also launch some key albums through this label, as would other local rappers, Pimp C and Bum B, among others. This is a very potted history of Rappelaw Records, but should give you an idea of the background that Jazz Prince came into. Jay Prince had successfully broken the chain of poverty and now had his 19-year-old son Jazz working at his label. And with the early days of social media and the use of MySpace for musicians, Jazz Prince was in tune with youth culture and the internet, so became a valuable asset to the team. He scrolled through artists on MySpace and eventually came across a rapper and singer named Drake. This was the first time Jazz had even heard of the city of Toronto. Funnily enough, there are still screenshots of Drake's MySpace page from 2006. Interestingly, the page opens with the fact that Drake has worked with Clips, which was the former group of Oh my god, here we go You can tell this was in reference to the song Do What You Do, which featured no malice from Clips Another artist that Drake had worked with at this time was Trey Songs, whom Drake had a video with called Replacement Girl On Big Boy TV, Trey Songs explained how this video came about, saying We actually met Drake in Atlanta I was living in my manager's at the time I was living in his house It was cold as hell down there because we didn't have heat in the basement, and Drake came in wearing a Montclair jacket, and I was like, who is this light-skinned guy? Drake played Trey the song Replacement Girl, and Trey was amazed that he could both rap and sing. Drake asked Trey to do the singing instead, and they built a relationship from there. During this time, Trey missed out on a golden opportunity when Drake asked him to sign him. Trey said, you know Drake wanted to sign to me and all that, like, early on in the career. I couldn't do what needed to be done for him at the time. And Drake's talent wasn't as obvious as it is today, Trey said. He wasn't that guy, you know what I mean? He was a little nervous, he was a little timid. Jazz messaged him on MySpace and got back to him, and they eventually spoke on the phone. Jazz introduced himself, and Drake was aware of who Rap-A-Lot Records were. To show that he was serious, Jazz said to him, I'm gonna make you famous, which Drake cynically responded, I hear that a lot, bro, but if you can cool. Through his connection with Rabila Records, Jazz started sending Drake beats to rap, even ones that he wasn't supposed to have. Jazz then pitched Drake to his father. He said, he was like, let me hear it. I played it for him. He didn't get it. Like, what's all this singing he doing on this on this music? I was like, this is gonna be the new thing. Without his father's approval of Drake, Jazz reached out to other people. He decided to send Drake's music to Lil Wayne, whom he was friends with. Wayne agreed to listen to it, and Jazz continued asking for his thoughts on it every day. When Wayne finally got around to listening to it, he said, Yo, bro, he sucked. Don't ever play that stuff with me again. Despite not one, but two prominent people in hip-hop dismissing Drake, Jazz persisted. In fact, he had booked Lil Wayne for a party on New Year's Eve in Houston, and the next day, Jazz was driving Wayne in his car. So without telling Wayne, he decided to play some Drake on the radio. Jazz looked over at Wayne and saw him bopping his head. He eventually asked who it was, and Jazz responded to him that it was Drake, the guy you told me you didn't like. However, Wayne was now a bit more open to the idea of listening to him. Much like everyone else, Wayne was confused that someone who could rap this well was from Toronto, Canada. Jazz said that he was going to fly him over to Houston so they could meet. The next morning, Drake was on a flight from Toronto to Houston, and that night they got a bus to Atlanta and recorded the first version of Forever, which by then featured Drake, Wayne, and Kid Kid. They also recorded Stun Hard, amongst other songs. And eventually, Jazz got Drake signed to a management group called Aspire, which was headed by Lo Wayne's manager Cortez Bryant. Given Jazz was J Prince's son, Drake could have easily signed to rabble Records. Instead, he signed to Young Money Cash Money partly because Wayne was such a popular artist at the time, and a co-sign from Wayne would generate an invaluable amount of hype. So, Drake got working on his mixtape so far gone. And when Best I Ever Had came out, Jazz's life would never be the same, whereas Drake would later say, nothing was the same said i say to this man they call Birdman, don't forget you have children and i know you wouldn't want them to reap the seeds you have sown by doing bad business this is the truth raw and uncut this is how you earn respect on your name jay prince today is known as a mediator between feuds and hip-hop and despite never signing to rap a lot has always looked out for drake drake is also friends with jazz prince's brother jay prince jr whether birdman took jay prince's advice or not he eventually settled two lawsuits that had been dragging on for years In 2018 he finally settled with wayne and in 2019 he finally settled with aspire drake was now in his mid-30s and 2021 certified lover boy marked the sixth and final album that royalties were owed to aspire and jazz prince since 2007 when jazz prince first glanced upon drake's myspace page the musical landscape has changed indescribably and one of if not the biggest influences of modern music has been drake Instead of finding the next biggest rapper, Jazz Prince discovered someone whose numbers are up there with Elvis, Michael Jackson, and the Beatles. And whatever the future holds for Jazz Prince, that's probably one of the greatest claims to fame you could have.